Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Welcome back to the Ambitious Motherhood podcast. Today, I am so excited to be chatting with Amy Vig. And she is a natural food chef, culinary instructor, and recipe writer who specializes in making whole, real, unprocessed food delicious. She's also a parent just like you and I, and that means she knows that you probably don't want to be spending all of your time cooking and thinking about food, and yet you really do want to feed your family well. So this challenge is what inspired Amy to start Cooking with a Full Plate, her podcast, The Feel Good Family Food, where she shares her best tips and tricks and strategies for raising healthy kids and parents without all the stress and the struggle. So on today's episode, Amy is going to dive into her business journey, what that has looked like from her ups and downs and how she's landed where she is today. I love going into these questions with business owners who are coming from a different expertise or coming from a different market. It's a niche market. This is a business to consumer kind of a market. And I love bringing this to you guys because so often I hear that, oh, you can only be successful if you're B2B, business to business, or if you are a business coach, or if you're some kind of person that helps somebody else make money. And in today's episode, we're talking with somebody who's helping people that have a need in their personal life. So it's definitely a different kind of niche market. And I love that we're talking about this. So definitely listen into that part in the episode where we go into the business side and how she's navigated honing her message and honing her offer and how that's changed over the years. We're also going to be diving into some practical things that you can take into your household today, like how to create a meal planning structure or the top three tools you need on your counter every time you cook for maximum efficiency in prepping, cooking, and cleaning. And we're gonna give you some examples of how you can automate your meal prep and food process in your home, okay? Okay, so let's dive into this episode with Amy. You are listening to episode number 95 of Ambitious Motherhood with Katie Fleming. Let's do this. Hey, Amy, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Ooh, I'm good. It's bright and early here on the West Coast. How are you? Yes, it is. I'm so, so, so good and so ready to chat with you. I know we have had this on the books for a long while and I had the opportunity to be on on your show in the past. So I would love for you to start off this interview by sharing with everybody who you are, what you do, maybe give some insight into your podcast as well. But I would just love to hear your heartbeat behind motherhood and business. Perfect. So my name is Amy Vig, and I run a company called Cooking with a Full Plate. The idea behind Cooking with a Full Plate was all around just like, how can I help parents who are super busy, which is all of us, how can I help them to make this feeding their family well thing a little bit easier? And the genesis of that for me was that I used to think I didn't know how to cook. I didn't like cooking. I didn't understand why anybody would do it. And then I went through a little bit of a health journey myself that opened my eyes to the power of food and how important the food that we put into our bodies is and how much it's really up to us to control that if we want to feel our best. And this was all before I had kids. And so I 
kind of blew up my life. And I started working at Whole Foods and I was a trainer for them. And then I had kids. And of course, everyone who's listening will know this, everything changed again. And I realized, oh my goodness, as parents, I've been giving this message to people of like, you've got to cook everything and it needs to be from scratch and yada, yada. And as parents, we are so, so busy and that message is really not helpful. So I went on this journey of trying to figure out like, how can I actually be helpful? How can I give people the information they need to be empowered to feed their families well without driving themselves crazy? And that is what Cooking with Full Plate is all about. And you asked about the podcast. My podcast is called Feel Good Family Food. I did have the pleasure of having Katie on to talk about goal setting, how to like figure out what's important to you and stick with it. And you guys should definitely listen to that episode if you are interested in hearing more about that because she shared so, so much wisdom. But on the regular, it's about 10 minutes episodes of mostly just me giving like quick tidbits around the things that are hardest about feeding our families, things like, should I feed my kids dessert? If I'm going to, how do I do it? Or I did an episode on easy, simple meals that you can make for the whole family. And so if you're interested in those kinds of things, that's where I share all kinds of wisdom like that in really bite-sized little moments. Yeah. And what I love about your message, and I think what you and I kind of started to discover in our conversation on your podcast was that sometimes it can, we can end up in this whole all or nothing cycle where we're either going all out Pinteresting, having the best meal on the table or nothing, right? So what I love about what you do and especially what you show on Instagram stories is it's like, here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm able to really get a great meal on the table for my family. That's not complicated. It's simple. Normally you serve family style. So I love that kind of, you're taking the pressure off of it for so many moms that I just love. Thank you. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've realized lately that one of the big things for me is it's actually less about the food and more about alleviating some of this guilt and worry that we are spinning on that's taking up our brain space that could be used on much more powerful things or like on our unique gift that we can provide. And if I can help one person automate their food in a way that feels good to them and their family, then I have helped them to like get out in the world and do more with their time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to come back to that. Automate their food. We're going to come back to that in a little bit later, but talk to me about what life looked like when you originally started this business. What brought you into the entrepreneurial space? Such a good question. So I had my first son, so I have a five-year-old son and a two-year-old son. I'm boy mom to the max. And when I had my first son, I was working at Whole Foods. I was a trainer for them, which was a job I really loved. I've always been a huge fan of Whole Foods. I continue to be a fan of them. The problem was, is that I had sort of gotten myself into this role that I was supposed to be excited about. And instead of teaching people about food, I was leading a team of like 10 to 12 trainers. So I was in more of a management position. And I don't think anyone prepares you for how much having a kid changes your perspective on things. Yeah. So I had my son, I'm at this job that I have typically loved. And suddenly my time is at so much more of a premium. And I started feeling like going into the office and doing the work that I was doing wasn't a better use of my time than spending time with my son. And I'm not like someone who's always aspired to stay home with my kids. So it wasn't so much that it was just, I was missing so much time with him. I was, we had a nanny share for 50 hours a week. So I wasn't seeing him much when it came to the mornings and after work. And I just wanted more time. And then as life goes 
my husband was offered a job up in Seattle, which was a change for us. We had been in San Francisco. And I really think in some ways it was the universe saying like, okay, it's time to make a change. And that was when I dug really deep and I said, okay, if I'm not working in this corporate job that was supposed to be my dream job, what do I want to do? And that's where I really honed in on like, oh my goodness, parents have more of a desire to feed these small people they love so much well than any of us have probably ever had before. And yet they don't really have like the skills and knowledge of how to do it without all the stress and worry and just like the time that it takes. So I, that's what made me go out on my own and really hone in on figuring out like, how can I make this easier? Right. Right. So I love that you, that moving opportunity kind of gave you the time and the space to really step back and think, do I want this? What do I actually want? Did you find it hard to sit in that dreaming and creating space? Hmm. I think I have like a superpower of kind of just moving forward. So things happen and I'm, I'm not one to like sit around and contemplate too much. I just put one foot in front of the other. So I don't think that the dreaming phase was so much hard, but I will tell you, and I'm sure you know this, Katie, that it's changed a lot since when I first launched. Like I thought that I was going to make meal plans for people and that was going to be the answer. And I've even done that and sold them. And what I found over time is that that's not really the answer. It's just another thing on someone's to-do list. And if I'm being totally honest, I am still every day figuring out, but I do feel like I'm getting closer to the exact way that I can help the most people more easily feed their families well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question is how has your offer changed over the years? And I love that you mentioned that you still don't even feel like you're quite there yet. And I love that you're on the path. You are somebody that has been on the path doing the things necessary for a while. And that action I know is just going to continue to bring clarity and results for you down the line that are going to be so much better had you not ever started in the first place. Would you agree? Totally. That's actually a big message that I've gotten from listening to your podcast and connecting with you on social media and everything is like, you don't find out what you're supposed to do by like sitting down and thinking about it. You just got to like be moving forward. And so I appreciate you recognizing that about me because I learned it from you. You just got to like do the thing. Right. And so you asked how my offers have changed. So at first I was doing these meal plans where I could help someone cook for like what I thought was about an hour and a half at the beginning of the week. And then they would have most of their food for the week. And it was mostly focused on parents because at the time I had really young kids. And I think that's the other thing is like it changes, your perspective changes so much based on your own life situation too, right? Right. And I put out those meal plans and I got some good feedback. But what I also found out is was taking people more like three hours to make the food that I had outlined. And that was really eye-opening to me because I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. So this is the power of getting your product into real people's hands. And also there's got to be a better way because I don't know about you, but if I had three hours on the weekend to myself, I don't want to spend it in the kitchen. Even if it means I don't have to do anything again the rest of the week, it just felt too high of a premium for someone who was already not spending that much time with my kids. Yeah. And so then I launched a membership program where I was sending out weekly meal plans that were much more of the variety of what you described seeing on my Instagram feed. And folks can go check me out at Cooking with a Full Plate if you want to see our meals every night. I share those in an effort to inspire and show what real balanced meals look like. And there I was sending out these meal plans and they were much more 
of the 15 minute variety. They were super fast and I was getting great feedback from the folks in the program. But I realized that the best thing that they were getting out of that membership was not so much the recipes and the weekly grocery list. It was like the ongoing tips on just how to like hack cooking, how to hack prep and how to let go of a lot of things that don't really matter when it comes to food so that they could free up space in their lives. And that was eye-opening for me because I really thought the membership was like the answer for my business and for my clients and all of these things. So full disclosure, I'm now moving on to launching a group program where I'm going to be focusing more on like the cooking and planning and cleaning and prepping logistics side of things. Because I just believe that the faster we cook, the faster we can get in and out of the kitchen. And to what I said earlier, the more we can automate some of these food decisions, the less time we have to spend like making our shopping list and spending hours at the grocery store and doing all these things that honestly, we probably don't really have time for, but somehow we've convinced ourselves that, I don't know, cooking and food are supposed to be hard. And as a parent, it's part of our responsibility. And so we have to spend all the time doing it. You know, this is, I love hearing you explain this new transition because you and I, a couple months ago, I think we're, it might've been Instagram or something. We were chatting about information versus implementation. And I think I'd done a podcast on it. And really we chatted about weaving in more ways that you can show your people how to implement. You can help them actually with the implementation. And that group program sounds just like that. So I love that you've noticed that shift in your, your business and your clients and you're making that move. That's amazing. Thank you. I also, I've listened to a few of your podcasts lately. Like I, you know, I go through binge cycles with different podcasts and one of them that really stood out to me was like the, what was it? The basis for your six figure business, which is disclosure, my goal. And it just got me thinking around like, what are some really simple offerings I can have? Because I'm sure folks listening have this same temptation to offer a million things for all the different people. And your wisdom has really guided me to be like, okay, I could offer this group program and maybe I offer similar information, but different support in different ways. But at the end of the day, the message is all the same, right? Right. That is so powerful. And when we get that clear message, it just, it helps our audience attach to it better. We become more referable, all those beautiful things we want. So let's dive in a little bit more. Thanks for listening to this episode. I am so excited you are here diving into this content with us on the podcast. But if you're craving more connection, more intimacy with other mom entrepreneurs that are going after building a six-figure business on what I call nap time hours, working less than 20 hours a week, then you need to get into the Ambitious Motherhood community. We're hanging out on Facebook. It's a free group and we want you in there. So head on over to ambitiousmotherhood.com slash tribe to join us. What you've alluded to, this whole automating your food processes in your home, having those systems and strategies and rhythms that can help you as a parent, a busy working parent, if you're listening to this, just feel more confident about feeding your family and spend less time doing it. So Amy, can you share with us some nuggets of wisdom? Just really take it and run from there. Yeah. So I need to start out by telling you that this is super not sexy because there's still work involved, right? And of course, there are ways that you can not work at feeding your family. You can hire a personal chef just like you might hire a housekeeper. And that's work that I've done in the past. And it's fantastic. If you are really like, I really am strict about what I want my family to eat, but I don't have the time to do it. You can absolutely hire it out. You can order a service. You can do all of those things. So I tell you that first, because I think we have this like attachment, mostly as mothers, 
to feeding our kids, being part of nourishing them and making them healthy. And it's like a job only we can do. But the truth is there are a million ways that you could automate this. And you don't have to cook if you don't want to. I interviewed a woman for my podcast a while back who only ate out with her family and she had a whole system for how they did it healthfully and all these things. That's not for me, but it is an option. So if you really hate this, if this is like the thorn in your side, you got to feed your family, but you don't have to do it at the expense of your sanity or with all of your brain power and energy, right? Right. So I think that that's like the first message I want people to have, because then it means if they still want to feed their family well by cooking, then I can help them do that more easily, right? But you don't need me if you decide to do one of those other things. Yeah. So systems and strategies you asked, I was actually listening to your systems and strategies or rhythms and routines episode last night. And folks should definitely check that out because the reason that you and I connected Katie is because I think we have a similar sense for, it's not that you don't have to do the thing. There's still work to be done, but there is so much freedom in just creating some structure for yourself in saying, Every night, or let's use my example, like every Sunday night, I pack two lunches for each kid. I have the, you know, equipment that I need to pack two lunches at a time and I get that done. And then, no, I didn't hire it out to somebody, but I keep it really simple. And then I don't have to think about it again until Tuesday night. And then I do the same thing over again. Right. Right. So it's not that the work goes away, but it's that I think there's so much power to like compounding the work into individual spots. I'll give you another example. Last night I was making dinner and we had like a taco salad, but the kids were mostly, they wanted these bagels. So I served bagels and some sausage and some veggies, which we always have on the table. And then I made a taco salad. So while I was making the taco salad that my husband and I mostly ate, I had cucumbers out. I had like a whole thing of those mini cucumbers and I just sliced all of them at once served them in the Tupperware and then put the lid on and threw it in the fridge because I know that my younger son loves cucumbers. So now I can put them in his lunch and I can continue to just put that same Tupperware out at most meals for the next like three to four days as his vegetable option. Yeah, that's good. That's brilliant. (laughs) It's such an easy solution. And my other son loves bell peppers. So like I'll do the same thing for him often at the beginning of the week. I think this is where we can like just streamline right? Like you're probably already doing most of this in your business. Like time blocking is such a thing for those of us who are running our own businesses. There's no reason that you can't time block your cooking as well to say like, I'm giving myself an hour. And in this hour, I'm not only going to make dinner for my family, but I'm going to prep some hard boiled eggs. I'm going to bake some sweet potatoes while the oven is on. And I'm going to slice up some veggies. I know my kids like and store them in Tupperware. Now I have the basis for lunches and easy meals throughout the week without ending up in Pinterest land. Yeah. And I think there's such a thing as decision fatigue. When you give yourself, you have to make too many decisions to get to the thing you know you need to do. It probably won't happen. So the way I think about this is with workouts. If you know you want to go to, for example, tonight, me, Zumba at 530, that's on my calendar. And after a couple of weeks, it becomes this non-negotiable. You don't even have to think about it. Your husband doesn't even have to ask, are you going? You're going. And and if we can just add some level of that, those rhythms to our, our household cooking, like you're talking about, it can just simplify the grocery list, all the things. I can just see how much this will relieve the moms you help if they can just create these little rhythms into their world. 
A hundred percent. You made me think of another example. This is one of my favorites, which is meal planning, right? Which is like the bane of most of our existence. I'm not, I'm not really an organized person at, at the heart of me, but I've gotten more organized as a mom and business owner because I want to make the most of my time, right? Right. So one of the hacks that I've come up with is creating a meal plan structure for yourself that you're just working into. And you can do this a bunch of different ways. But one of my favorites is to just sit down with your kids and have like Monday through Sunday and decide once Monday is going to be Italian night. Tuesday is going to be Mexican night. Wednesday, we have a casserole on and on and on. You can figure out the, the examples that work for your family on your own. Friday night is pizza and a movie night, whatever that might look like. And then when you go to meal plan, you take your calendar and you say, first of all, I don't recommend cooking every single night. At most, I plan like four dinners per week because then when one gets pushed off because of the inevitable, you know, shuffle that happens with having a family, you're not there with food going bad, which I think is like a major deterrent for a lot of people. So plan four meals that fit within your schedule for that week. And it's going to decide for itself because if Tuesday night is one of those meals, you know, you're having Mexican and then you're just deciding, are we going to have tacos or enchiladas? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, the person's like, what do I want to make on Pinterest? This 10 layer, you know, I can't even think of the things I find on Pinterest that are popular. And I think, oh my goodness, that is so amazing that people want to nourish their families with this like beautiful food. But unless that is your like full-time job and priority, it's probably not serving you. And it's certainly not the only way to eat healthy. Yeah. And the moment I uncomplicated it as well, it's when it got simpler to do and just was, there was more ease with it. And you definitely inspired that for me as well. So let's talk about some meal prep shortcuts and hacks that can keep us in the kitchen less, cooking less, cleaning less, all that stuff. Yes. Yes. Such a good question. I know that this is what everyone wants to do, right? Is cook less, clean less, all of these things. So I'm going to give you a few of my very best tips. And some of them are for things that you're going to want to buy, but it's not like kale strippers or like strawberry holers. It's like things you're going to use all the time. So here's what I see most often is that folks are trying to get better and faster in the kitchen, but they are making it harder on themselves by having the wrong equipment. And I don't mean like the wrong equipment, like if you were in a fancy French kitchen, and I always try to like break it down to this. I don't care if your julienne of your vegetables or your like dice is exactly the right size. It really doesn't matter when it comes to cooking. But if you are working with a small cutting board that is constantly slipping away from you and a steak knife to cut your carrots, then things are taking you longer than they need to. And so here are some of the things that I want to make sure everyone has in their kitchen and the way that you're going to set up every time you start cooking so that it goes as fast as humanly possible. You want a eight inch chef's knife. The one I love is people laugh at me. They're like, can you give me a better chef's knife recommendation? I'm like, no, this is the best one, even though it's $35 on Amazon. It's the Victorinox Fibrox eight inch chef's knife. And that stays sharp forever. You don't need to worry about sharpening it. Mine are embarrassingly dull and they still work great. So there's very low maintenance and you don't need to be precious about it. So I know people buy these $200 chef's knives and then they're so worried about them. They don't actually use them. So this eight inch chef's knife, you want to get a big cutting board. And my favorite is pricey, but I'll tell you why I like it. It's the Epicurean cutting board. It's pretty big. It's like 17 by 14, I think. And the reason a big cutting board is going to save you time is because you're not going to spend time cleaning up all the vegetables that flew all over the countertop later. 
The other awesome thing about this cutting board, this is not an infomercial for them. I don't make any money off of them, but it's my favorite because it has these like silicone edges that keep it from slipping away so that you're not battling your cutting board. But truth be told, if you already have a great big cutting board, but it's still slipping away because of your countertops, you can just lightly wet a kitchen towel and throw that under your cutting board before you put it down on the countertop. And that's going to keep it in place. That's what we always have done in professional kitchens when I've worked there. So that's a super easy hack that you can use. So when you go to cut, you're going to get your cutting board that isn't slipping away. However you do that, you're going to get your chef's knife that's ideally sharp, but at least big. Don't use a steak knife. I went into one of my good friend's kitchens and I was like, I'm going to cut up bell peppers for the kids. And I was like, where's your knife? And she showed me that she uses steak knives. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't care what people use. And there's really no shame, but of course, it's going to take you longer to chop an onion if you're doing it with this tiny knife. Yeah. So you need a big <laughs> knife. And then you're going to put right next to you a garbage bowl. This is something I learned back from when I was learning to cook from Rachel Ray, which true story is who I first learned that I could actually cook from. And I love that, that garbage bowl is going to collect all of the leftover stuff so that you can put it in your compost or your garbage, whatever you use near you without running across the kitchen. And just these simple hacks are going to keep your mess a lot lower because you're not carrying things across the kitchen and you're containing them in the space that you're working from. And it's going to help you work faster because with that large cutting board, you can even like move stuff to the side. I'd recommend taking it off, but you can just move stuff to the side and keep working quickly. And I'll leave this section with this in saying the best way that you can cook faster is by learning to chop faster. I know that's not like sexy or what most people want to do, but the truth is meat takes as long as it takes to cook. You know, you can use an instant pot and that goes faster. And I love all of those tricks, but the best gift that you can give yourself is learning just some really basic chopping things, things like always find yourself a flat surface, which is going to just take your fast chopping to the next level. And let me talk about the always find a flat surface and then I'll stop blabbing for a minute. The always find a flat surface is like, imagine you're cutting an onion or even a watermelon. They actually work the same way. Your first job when you go to chop something is to give yourself a flat surface so that it's not rolling away so that you're not fighting it. And so that you don't cut your finger, because I can tell you from experience, I cut my finger in the middle of prepping. And it took me like four hours to make dinner instead of minutes to make dinner because I was at the ER. So (laughs) what you're going to do is take your onion or your watermelon or even your carrot and you're going to slice one end off. On a carrot, you're going to slice like a little thin side off of it. And then you're going to lay it down on that flat surface and everything else you do happens from there. So with a watermelon, I'll cut off one of the ends and I'll make it flat and then I'll shave down the sides to take off the outer rind of the watermelon if I'm not doing wedges. And this way, your watermelon isn't rolling away from you. You're not battling it the whole time. And you're really quickly getting the waste away from it and into your garbage bowl so that you can do exactly what you want to do as quickly as you can do it. Yeah. And no shame to those of you that are like me listening and you need to somehow Google, how do I get into a butternut squash? How do I do this? How do I cut that? Because I have so done that so many times. (laughs) No shame at all. But I'm telling you this flat surface trick is the answer to most things. So like with a butternut squash, for example, you can definitely Google it and everyone has a different opinion. My feeling, here's how I do a butternut squash. It's funny that you brought that one up. (laughs) I cut off the little bulb part, right? Because the bulb is really hard to deal with. So in the name of efficiency, I actually take the bulb away and I'll just roast that whole or like 
in half and take the seeds out and use that for soup or something. And then if say I wanted some cubes, then I would do the same thing. I'd have the long neck end. I would have cut that off and laid it on a flat surface and then shaved the skin off from the sides using my knife, just kind of like shaving down it and then cut that into cubes and put it on my roasting pan to make, you know, risotto or whatever it is. So I also think like there's this feeling that like I have to use every part and I do use both of those parts, but maybe not the same way. So don't be afraid to like make it easier on yourself and choose a butternut squash with a longer neck. That's going to give you more easy to dice cubes. And those are like really simple things that you can do while standing in the grocery store that make things go faster. I love that. I love that. Well, as we start to wind down, share with me a couple of freedoms, a couple of benefits, things that have come to you or your clients because of laying this healthy foundation. Mm. Yeah. So I have one client who I just adore and she has told me that she always had this aspiration to be like a fantastic meal prepper. And it was only through seeing the simple ways that I was doing things that actually made her feel like she could do it and actually start doing it. And now she has like these beautiful meal preps that put mine to shame because she has taken these like small steps to getting better and more comfortable in the kitchen and knowing basic things like how long do things last and what is good to prep. And the truth is that cooking is a lot like running your business. You only learn it by doing it. So if you feel like you're not a great cook now, you're going to get better by doing it, by getting some help in figuring out what your pain points are and how to get around those and then to keep doing it. (laughs) And so my client has, I mean, she's an amazing example of that. And I would say for me, I used to tend to the opposite way. Like I really thought that meals had to be gourmet and detailed and everything had to go together. And I came from this background where I was loving cooking, which is maybe the opposite of a lot of people that come to me. But for me, I have found a lot of freedom in understanding easy ways to feed kids and to expose them to vegetables without battling things. And we didn't get a chance to talk about that today, but getting really clear about what I own in our family and what my kids are in charge of has made all the difference in being able to like serve these family style dinners and just know that they're going to eat the things that their body needs right now. And my job is just to offer the things that I think they should have. Yeah. I love, because I do watch your stories and I love how you just have that offering there. There's not a lot of pressure around it that you are continually offering all the options. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad that shows up. It it goes against most of our mom instincts to not cajole and nag about the things that we think are best for our kids, right? I am a hundred percent guilty of that almost everywhere in life. And, and when it comes to food, I've just done enough research and understanding to know that it's really not serving them. And that's where like these family style meals and everything really have shown up for me and gone a long way to making cooking and feeding my family, not just easier, but a lot more pleasant. Yeah. That's so good. Well, as we wrap up, share with us a couple of books that you're reading right now that you have loved, that you are reading currently, whatever that is. Give us a couple of those options. And then I would love for you to also share with us how everybody can connect with you and get to know more about what you are up to and join your programs. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. So books that I'm reading right now, I just got my pre-order copy of Marie Forleo's Everything is Figureoutable. And I'm only in the first chapter of that, but I'm really loving it so far. I just love her no-nonsense style. And she's like, 
you can figure this out and you're going to, and we're going to do this together. So I highly recommend her book. I think most folks will know her and her style. I'm also looking right in front of me. I've been nerding out on a bunch of food and nutrition books. This one's called Secrets of Feeding a Healthy Family. And it's by Ellen Satter. If you're more interested in this, what I was saying around not putting pressure on your kids to eat things and having peace in that and what's my responsibility and what's theirs. Ellen Satter is the person who designed this model that I've learned from. And this book is just like fantastic at helping you think about food, but not think about it too much or worry about it too much. It's a cool book that way. Yeah, I think those are the two major books that I have right now. I always love your recommendations. Yeah, I always love knowing those things. And so I know those everybody listening and loves to know what everybody's reading as well. So definitely let us know, how can we connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, so you can find me at Cooking with a Full Plate most of the places. So cookingwithafullplate.com is where you'll find my website. On there, you'll find all of my latest podcast episodes along with some of these fast, easy recipes. The podcast is called Feel Good Family Food. If you want to search for that directly in whatever listener you use or listening app you use, (laughs) on Facebook and Instagram, it's just either of those slash cooking with a full plate. And I would say Instagram stories is where I'm showing up the most lately. I try to provide a healthy dose of like reality and inspiration. So you'll see things like the fact that I wore mismatched socks to the gym this morning, but I did go to the gym. So (laughs) I try to show like how to focus on the things that really matter and let go of the things that don't. I hope that's what comes through. And that's on everything from food to parenting to fitness. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all these nuggets of wisdom and rhythms that parents can take into their world to just feed their families better. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you have been tuning into these episodes and hearing stories of other ambitious moms who are going after their calling, both in their home and outside of their home. So if you've been wanting to take your coaching or consulting or service-based business to the next level, I want to invite you to hop on a discovery call with me to chat more about how we can build your six-figure business working nap time hours or less than 20 hours a week. Head on over right now to 1kmom.com forward slash discovery to get your time on my calendar. I can't wait to chat with you. All right, we'll see you on the next episode.